previously on the Soundless Cinema. Stretch, right? Mortis, Erky, could could you come here for a moment, please? Is everything all right? She looks worse. Oh, no, it must be something worse. We need to find some sort of grand cleric in some way, uh, strong enough to be able to do this. We must have some sort of greater sort of miracle. As you guys open the doors towards the exterior of the sunset out, it almost feels like too long has passed. Are you ready, Flower? And offers Flower a hand. He nods and takes Mortis's hand. While they're still hand in hand, I think, we're gonna cross the threshold. It's him. It's the Marquis. Time's up. My dear friends, give your gifts now, or both of you are mine. This is what I have to offer. Take it. And what does my thorn have to give? Nothing. Thank you, my winner. I'll see you soon, my dear mortars. Throughout the vastness of the multiverse, there lies a tavern. As you approach its doors, you catch bubbles of laughter that rise and burst into cheers as colorful groups of travelers find comfort in their bonds. As you head inside, the smile of the tavern keeper greets you. They're an otherworldly being with a bluish corporeal form. They wear attire befitting of an innkeeper, and they have a large cloudy nebula for hair speckled with stars, which gently sways with their movement. Welcome to the Storyteller's Tavern, where stories are served like ale and a seat is open for you at every table. Tonight's special is the Sunless Citadel, an epic adventure of high fantasy with notes of friendship, danger, and most importantly, Oh, will our adventure survive to descent into the dungeon, or is there a dark and calamity taking roots far from the sun's reach? Well, I must say, if I went around demanding gifts like that, my mama, well, she just wouldn't take it. Mortis feels flower let go of his hand, and when you look towards him, he's shaking and holding his head. Okay, um, uh, I don't really like this. I, I might pass out. Mortis kneels down and places his hands on Flower's shoulders. Are you all right? Uh, too many, th- too many thoughts. Um, oh, there's a lot. There's a lot I need to think about. Um, okay, uh, let's just keep going. Are you all right to walk up, or...? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, one foot in front of the other. Erky also urges you guys to continue forward as he's concerned for the safety and health of Sir Bradford and Faith. 30 minutes for you guys to ascend, where the cold breeze of winter still permeates, and now you guys just have the home stretch. Two days to reach Tom's Rest. Reaching the foot of this knoll, Faith and Sir Bradford are no longer able to keep on going. They ask for a moment to breathe. Faith looks at Sir Bradford. He looks at her and shakes his head. And she looks at you guys and go, I, I don't think we are going to move from here, actually. My thoughts go back to the moment that the druid died. Where he said to you, you might not know what you're killing. I don't know what he meant then, but I now think I do. 
We are a part of the tree just as much as the tree was a part of us. And I think killing it might have settled our fates too. I don't know if with a stronger miracle or some sort of more powerful intervention we might have succeeded. But nothing that we had at our disposal would be possible of this. So I don't think the outcome would have been different in any way. She looks at you, Seeker. I'm so sorry. You're gonna be great as a paladin. As a member of Tom's Rest, you are so full of joy, and I don't want this to change that. You have those, and she looks at all of you, that are here to protect you, and care for you, and love you. Want to give you strength. She looks at Mortis. Want to keep you happy. She looks at Thorn and Flower. And another one to let your legend grow through time and song. Do not cry. I'll always be with you. Just have faith. And she stays quiet but happy. Seeker is going to press a kiss to Faith's forehead. I love you. I, I'll always love you. And it's it's gonna be difficult, but I'm gonna carry you with me everywhere I go. I love you. I love you, Seeker. Always have and always will. They're just gonna hold her and they're gonna say to Sir Bradford, Thank you for doing your very best to keep her safe. Thank you. He nods heavily and says, I always loved a cat lady, Tom's rest, and our faith. So Bradford then looks at Mortis. I think I have to give you this. And she used the shatter claw and hands it to you. One handing blade and another hilt. The most honorable way of giving another weapon to a fellow warrior. Mortis takes it gently, but he can't mask the tears welling up in his eyes. I, 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 I'm, I'm so sorry. I, this, this is my fault. I, I did this. I, I'm sorry. He shakes his head. It's no one's fault, except for Belax. You, and he looks at all of you. You saved us. Now, shall stay here for a little while, if you guys don't mind. And he then sits beside Faith. Methuselah will step up, teary-eyed, looking very solemn and sad in this moment. My god, Luxair teaches that we never really know when the last laugh will be shared, when the last drink, when the last farewell. We never know when that might be. So we should always be grateful for the time that we have with friends and family and people on the road. Because we never know when we will part. I'm happy that I got to know both of you in this short time, Faith and Sir Bradford. I'll do my best to always be there for Seeker whenever they need. And I'll play your song, Faith, in the temple every time that I visit. Your story will not go untold. She just smiles. She opens her mouth to say thank you. But the voice barely escapes her throat. You guys spend the last few moments together in joy. And I think now I'll play Faith's song properly, but there's a hint of sadness in its usual upbeat, because it was one of the more upbeat songs that I had written. I play it now a little more somberly, but still retaining that sense of hope, because it's what we need now. So after a little while, and it's obvious that she's 
gone. Seeker's gonna give Faith another kiss on her forehead, and they're going to slit the signet ring from her paw. And Sir Bradford wears one as well to basically bring them back and be like, there was nothing we could do. And they're gonna get up and they're gonna turn to Mortis. They're going to lash out. They are going to start scratching at Mortis. As you're doing this, Mortis stands unmoving. His expression remains the same, and he just continues sobbing as he was. Methuselah looks so confused at this act, and is gonna gingerly go over and try to stop Seeker with her mage hands. It's not really gonna do much, I imagine. I'm not really strong. As you start walking towards us, you notice Mortis hold up a hand. Just stay there and watch. And then Seeker is just going to fully start crying and collapse against Mortis. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Mortis. I, I, don't, I don't blame you. You you set them free. And in order for them to be free, they, they had to go. Mortis doesn't say anything for a moment. And he just wraps his arms around Seeker. I'm, I'm so sorry. There are no words to describe this. I thought... I thought I could save them. I did everything I could, but it wasn't enough. And I'm, I'm sorry, Seeker. Flower is gonna go over and also hug Seeker. We had to get rid of the tree. There was no choice. We had to get rid of that evil. Now it's, n- it's no one's fault. Methuselah's gonna join in as well. Yes, it was no one's fault. In the end, at least we got to say goodbye. Seeker's gonna nod. You're you're right. We we got to say goodbye and you you guys got to meet Faith and Sir Bradford and get to know them a little bit and that was something that I wanted so badly. They died for they died for something. They died to save probably a lot of people. Maybe all of Thorn's people, both the goblins and the kobolds, and we wouldn't have found out these things about the apple and at least, at least they died for something, right? They're heroes. They'll, they'll always be heroes. As long as we're there, they tell their story. Yes, and I'll be around for quite some time, so I'll always keep it with me. Seeker's gonna look at the two signet rings in their paws. Methuselah, I don't know if you can wear rings with your mage hands. Well, I've, I've never thought about it. I suppose so. I, I can wear gloves, so yes, I suppose I could. Well, I don't know if, if these two would fit all three of you, but, but when we get back to Tom's Rest, I, I want to make sure that you each have one so that wherever you go, followers of the Cat Lady will, will know you and, and trust you and see you as our own. We shouldn't burden ourselves with taking them with us. Their remains... We should, um, we should send someone back that can help in carrying them. I suppose we could do that. Um, I, I can't, I can't go back to Tom's Rest just yet. I've been away for Chrysantha for too long, and I need to find her. I can't wait anymore. I know that I'm really going back empty-handed. I need to go there. I know where she is. It's not far from here. I wouldn't I wouldn't ask you all to come, because I'm sure that these are the places that you like to be. You want to go back to Tom's Rest, so don't feel you need to come along. But I really I really wouldn't mind the company. Flower is gonna hold on to your arm. I think that 
Ravens or Bradford would want us to help you and make one last stop before returning to Tom's Rest. That way, we will end our journey on Heartbreak. And he'll look at Seeker. If you'll agree. I'm not ready to go home yet. I, I don't think I could face Ma and Pa right now. I need time to process this and I, I need y'all there. Mortis is staring back at where Faith and Sir Bradford were. I will complete Sir Bradford's request and bring this blade back to Tom's rest. And he holds up Shatterclaw. However, my place is with all of you. And then he looks down. Keeping you all safe is the least I can do. Erky is currently facing the direction of the wind that is whistling between the trees doing their best to hide the fact that they are bawling. He takes a very large inhale. Mifuzla, I'm going with you too. I don't want to see this story end yet. So if you don't mind, I would like to come too. Mifuzla perks up a bit hearing everyone is coming along. And I'm sure that Krasanta would love to meet you all. I, I hope that you know we can have a bit of hope after so much trials and hardship. Perky turns around, eyes red, there's streaks of glistening tears that creates a path down to his beard. Takes a quick look, holds his stare towards the two companions that he had for these last few hours, and then starts walking down the road. He doesn't know where to, but starts walking. Still walking, shall we? Oh, Erky, you don't, you don't know where you're going, wait. Before we go, Seeker's also going to collect her cloak and her blanket as well and just give her one last kiss and close her eyes. Mortis lingers for a moment before he leaves. He stares up at the sky and too quiet for anyone else to hear. He just says, I'm sorry, Nara. I promise to do better. And then he starts following the rest of them. Mortis feels a hand clasp his own. When he looks down, Flower is there, giving him an uncertain smile. And there's a weird twitch in his eye. It seems as though he's struggling. As Flower takes Mortis's hand, his demeanor of utter sadness breaks for a small moment. He smiles a little bit, but it quickly fades away. So Methuselah leads everyone southeast, moving away from Destry and more into the center of Sentry Soul. The way that Methuselah takes you, it's not on the roads. It's more like small trails through a field, through these areas that might see more development now, but maybe in Methuselah's time, it was this might have been a path. All the while, Methuselah perks up a lot. So that meekness that Methuselah was before shifts and they're very talkative. They're like a bird. They just can't stop yammering and talking about Chrysantha and playing her song. And just there's a hope that's in them that is just different from what you've probably seen of someone who was so wrapped with fear and guilt and sadness. The walk is probably very nice. Lots of fields, especially of wheat and goldenrod, and it's a very beautiful, hilly area. And Methuselah tells you along the way about a family. The family that took them in, both of them, was called Tueles, which was a farming folk halflings who were very kind, and it was last people that really showed kindness to these two strangers for a long time. That's where Crescenta is. She's at their farm waiting, and that's the last Methuselah ever knew. Through all this path, the better part of a day goes by. And thanks to Methuselah's talking and music, it helps to distract yourselves. Unfortunately, the sky turns, and this winter breeze becomes a winter winds. 
that brings forth some sort of frozen storm of sorts. As you guys finally make your way almost to the end of the day, you finally reach the location that Methuselah is so much talking about. But there's no farmland or a big house. Instead, there seems to be some sort of village. And you guys go in closer into this big central road, wide enough for two carriages, maybe three to go side by side. But the frozen rain that is currently occupying this area makes people not be really inclined to be outside at the moment. It's mucky. As we go in, Methuselah sees that it's not a farm anymore, but puts the two things together. Probably a community like this would get more people and then grow and just seems like a natural kind of progression. So they're not really bothered by it. They're not even bothered by the weather. Normally people would be, but because they don't really feel temperature in the same way. Methuselah just yammering. Oh, well, when we meet her, oh, she'll love to hear all about your stories and everything that we've been through oh it's going to be lovely it's really difficult to walk without regretting the fact that you're not indoors and you recognize that this is a feeling that is shared amongst the people that are on the road this main road of this city although they are lively in the sense that heavy cloaked individuals even some families are still doing their business in this main road visiting the stalls and storefronts that are open for commerce even in a bad weather like this you imagine that it's only a fraction of what would be if this was in a better weather i suppose we could start asking around maybe if they know about the family i'd like you all to do an investigation check i got a 21 i got an 8 flower also got an 8 mortis got a 14 you guys visit many stalls and just as many storefronts of multiple types of trades and produce and products. It's a thriving little community with buildings large enough to accommodate medium-sized creatures, but also just as many, if not more, smaller little buildings meant for small creatures, such as the halflings. As you guys peruse and talk and investigate to the best of your abilities, nobody seems to know who you're speaking of. The name Krisalfa doesn't ring any bells to anyone. All of them meets you guys warmly and try to accommodate you in any way they can, but unfortunately they are not able to help you. Do they know anything when we mention the family? They express that the Tuleles are not really a name that they would know. Some of them indicate to Methuselah to go down the road towards the official building of this community. They hold some records and documentations about who has come and who lives here. Methuselah will start leading everyone towards where they said to go. As well, I think Methuselah doesn't really stop asking people. On the off chance that some pedestrian walking by will know I'm becoming more and more desperate about finding something to hold to. Mortis, are you hanging back? Yeah, ever since we got to this more populated area, Mortis has been still following everyone close enough. He's probably loitering in the background, still trying to work through his emotions. You notice Erky approaching you. Are you holding up? I'm not sure I know how to answer that, but I thank you for asking. It's still a lot to process, but time will heal. Right now, I just have to focus on the task at hand. It's the only thing that will keep me from breaking down. No, it's unfair to ask, but I think I need your help with something. I'm not sure I have the best track record of helping people, but you have been a loyal comrade, so I will do what I can. 
hesitantly, he looks at you with a very serious face. I need you to be strong. I say that because looking at all of this and remembering what Methuselah has said, I don't know if Crescenta is here. Methuselah keeps saying that he is 300 years old. And if there was once a farming community here, it doesn't seem to be the case anymore. I don't know how they will react to this, but I don't think I can ask the same of Seeker and Thorn, Flower. I think they all have a lot of weight right now on their shoulders and minds. I'm sorry I'm not helping. You've done all you can. I recognize the wisdom in your caution. I admit such thoughts crossed my mind since we've arrived here, but it would be remiss of us to lose hope. All of us have lost something today. Until we know for certain, we must cling on to hope. If Chrysantha is not here, then we will be here for Methuselah. He nods in agreement and continues on the search. You guys finally reach the end of this main street where it opens up to an open area with buildings surrounding what seems to be some sort of statue. Methuselah, your eyes connects and recognizes right away a big building. That is the same building that the Tuleles used to live in, still standing to this day. It holds the same architecture and appearance, maybe a few touches of new paint here and there, but for all senses and purposes, it's still the same building. Mrs. will go up towards it and find a door to knock on or if there's anyone outside to talk to. The weather, it is getting worse. Now your feet are getting stuck on the mud as you guys trudge, but you easily reach the door, knock, and the halfling opens the door. Uh, the door is much bigger than the halfling, but there are two sets of handles that allows the halfling to open with ease. Oh, hello. Uh, how can I help you? Uh, wow, it's it's really going down out there. Yes, um, my name is Methuselah. Uh, Methuselah from Fool's Fortune. I I'm here because I'm looking for uh, my muse. Her name is Chrysantha. Uh, she's a halfling. Blonde hair, green eyes. Uh, chrysanthemums in her hair. She was here with the Tuelles family who, who resided in this house a couple years ago. They need to know where they are, what, what happened. Tuelles? Is that where this friend of yours is living? Uh, the sh she lives in the community here. Yes, um, there was a family that used to own this uh, land and there were farmers. They used to, they used to own it and, uh, you know, I, I, I just need something. Oh, well, if they live here, I... I can help, I think. Um, Do you I, have records? Anything? Uh, people living here? Yes, yes. Uh, I can get one of my assist assistants to help. Um, Thank you, that would be wonderful. It might just take a few moments, though. Uh, I have all the time in the world. Alright, uh, feel free to sit here. Uh, he gestures to a seat, almost like a bench on this wraparound porch. You are welcome to wait here. If it gets much worse out there, uh, feel free to go inside. I'll leave the door open for you. Um, I'll move quickly. Sorry, what was your name again? It's Methuselah from Fool's Fortune. Alright, sir, Methuselah. Uh, the, name, the name that you're looking for is uh, Crescenta or, or, or the Tuelles family. Alright then, um... I'll be right back. Uh, that's Chrysantha from Fool's Fortune, too. We didn't have a last name. Oh, okay, then. He closes the door, but like he said, he leaves it open. You don't hear a lock. Mortis doesn't sit down, but he does walk over and stand next to where Methuselah's sitting. And he doesn't say anything, but he places a hand on their shoulder and just squeezes it. Methuselah was doing the bouncy leg thing of the nerves. And when you do that, it just stops. We've got you. We've got you. 
flower climbs up onto the bench beside Methuselah and tucks his legs in and wraps his furs around him and just leans his head on Methuselah's arm. Seeker is going to just shake out their fur real quick and then also join at Methuselah's feet. As you see your friends sitting around you, there's nothing to do but wait. A glint of the sunset flashes in the horizon, catching your eye. And as you look up to see the angle that you're in, you see in the middle of this square a view. The view is that of golden hair glistening against direct sunset light. The head and shoulders of the woman that you love. And as she turns slightly towards you, the vision diminishes. Instead, you're looking at the three quarters of a face of a beautiful woman that is the statue in the middle of the square. So Methuselah sees the statue and their face just drops of shock and they get up and they walk, but it's a stumbling walk as their eyes are not leaving the statue of Chrysantha. They fully approach the front of it just for that confirmation of that is that Chrysantha? Am I seeing this right? Is this her? You approach. And as you get close to the statue, going around the statue, you see the beautiful visage of the woman of your life, eternally preserved on a very tall statue. The statue depicts her hair beautifully. As it's braided back, she's wearing armor, looking forward while holding a long sword. And on the other hand, that is being raised up with the markings of runic symbols up to her gloved hand, she raises a lantern towards the horizon. There seems to be a stone black at the very base of this statue. What does it read? With carved chrysanthemums around this black, it says, Love is a fool's fortune. Her summers are warm and bright. Her winters leave all but sorrow. And even when she parts, her light is ever a hopeful memory. I think putting all of this together is everything Methuselah needs to finally really realize it. And in that moment, everything feels like it really was worthless and for naught. And the weight and the guilt and the sadness just completely consumes them. So much so that even their eyes go black and they say, it was too late. And then they fall on their knees, just start crying, just bawling. Erky sees you go on your knees and jumps the flight of stairs just to run towards you, thinking that you're in distress in some way. Seeker's also going to go to Methuselah and hug them. Flower tumbles down the stairs and trips over himself to go over to Methuselah. Mortis slowly walks down the stairs, approaches, and he envelops everyone in like a kind of a hug. He's like, all right, dad time. We all need this. You guys reach Methuselah just to see the dark eyes, the pale skin losing even more color than possible. You see the chrysanthemums in their hair that sprouted seemingly endlessly start to wilt and then start to completely fall out of their hair as, yeah, their skin starts to pale even more and even sort of starts to stretch back and sink into their bones, almost like decomposition. Methuselah, what were they for for me? I got a three. You lose three points of constitution. 
Erky is shaking your shoulders. Methuselah, hey, what's going on? Hey, Methuselah. Rain pouring over you guys as your friend is wilting. Mortis, can you can you pick up Methuselah and, and help bring them out of this cold, wet weather, please? Please? I, I, I can't lose anyone else. Mortis just nods and he walks over to Methuselah and tries to pick them up. Methuselah is practically catatonic and just... There's nothing but that. So yeah, you you can pick him up very easily. It's very, very light, even lighter than before. Methuselah, lose two points of constitution. I am currently at nine constitution out of 14. As Mortis is walking them back to the inside of the house, he's muttering, Not you two. We're not losing you two today. You can't. You, you just, you, you can't. You can't. She wouldn't want this. He wouldn't. You guys reach the all-around porch, getting yourselves outside of the rain and the freezing, only to have the door of this big house to open. And the same guy who greeted you, same halfling, goes, It's really bad out there, so why don't you guys just come inside? I think it's best to wait. And then he notices what's going on. Is everything okay? Um, our friend is very sick. Can we come inside? Yeah, sure. Uh, we have spare rooms here for rest. Uh, yeah, come on in. Uh, this way, please. He leaves the door open and he goes inside, expecting you guys to follow. Mortis speed walks after him. Seeker's not letting Methuselah out of their sight. Methuselah lose two points of constitution. I am at 7 out of 14 constitution. And I will say, probably at this point, their mage hands disappear. The hands ghostly in its very essence slowly dissipates flower's gonna catch up to the halfling that led us into the house um have you found anything uh not yet we went through half of our boxes and as well as some notebooks that we have but uh we're going back on years um nothing on the past 15 years maybe 20 go back 300 uh oh wait really yes yes uh, I can help. Uh, if you want, I can help. Sure. Uh, let me just bring you guys to the room first. Still within the same floor, you guys get inside of a very simplistic to bear room where there's a bed, a window, and maybe a desk and some sort of wardrobe. The guy opens. It's nothing too luxurious, but you guys can feel comfortable in here and you can place your friend over there. Pointing at the bed. Mortis rushes past him. It will do. Thank you. And then he just gently places Methuselah on the bed. Mortis, I, I, I don't care what you have to do. Whatever it takes, please. You have to save Methuselah. Mortis will kneel down next to Methuselah and place a hand on their shoulder. He's clutching his holy symbol with one hand, and he starts praying rapid pace. A white light envelops him as he's going to use lay on hands. You see some of the flowers on Methuselah's hair to flourish again, and as you take your hands off, the flowers quickly wither. Meanwhile, while this is happening, Flower rushes the halfling man to wherever it is that they have their records and 
is basically gonna rapid fire try to help them find records around the time that Chrysantha would have been in this village. As Flower is ushering and encouraging the halfling to go faster and faster, the halfling is just notices for some reason because he wasn't really paying attention before that there is a goblin inside of his home. So there's a little bit of a complication like, whoa, what, what? Why are you here? Uh, is there an attack? Uh, wait, are you with them? That only complicates things as you are just keep pushing it to proceed and to happen. Uh, roll a persuasion check for me. Thorn rolls a one as it goes, okay, I don't really have time to answer your questions. We really gotta go and just like look for those records. The whole time, there is an argument between you and the halfling as the halfling's clearly like, look, we don't have anything and he thinks this is a shakedown of some sort. As I'm in the room, I think Methuselah is going to not even really be paying attention to what's going on. They just are very out of it and they're still crying and muttering to themselves. I failed her. She was, she was my everything. She was my strength, my bravery. What am I without her? and is gonna try to maneuver off Yorick to try to push it away. And it's weird because when Methuselah moves, it stops being fluid. It's almost erratic, but in a way that like plants grow. Like you saw plants moving quickly or bending in the wind or branches. It's not very elven. They very much look undead. They didn't before, but now, now they definitely do. Methuselah, minus two constitution. I'm at five. Erky looks at you and sees how you're deteriorating rapidly. Ah, uh, Mortis, I'm gonna try to figure out what's going on over here. I need your help. And you can either do a medicine if you want, or I can roll the dice and you can help me, as if I was Erky. Seeker hears that plea from Erky. You may do a medicine check as well, if you wish. Seeker's also gonna call out, Flower, could, could you try and work a little bit faster? We might not have a lot of time. I otherwise won't try and rush you, but this is very important. This is uh, life or death. I, I and they're, they're going to get caught up on that because they're like, wait a minute, Methuselah's undead. All right, I shall roll. That would be a 17 for the medicine check. That is a 13 for Mortis. There's no indication as to why Methuselah is just withering like this. It's almost as if their life is leaving them. As if it was with Faith and Sir Bradford, Faith's theory is that killing the tree killed their source of life. Maybe something similar happened to Methuselah just now. Mortis continues, he's just trying to heal for a bit, and then he has a bark of realization, and he grips his holy symbol again, and he begins praying. Almighty she, show me what is ailing Methuselah. Show me where their source of life is. And I'm going to cast Lesser Restoration again to try to enter that trance-like state he was in before. Seeker's just going to whisper, it, it was Chrysantha, and now that she's really gone, we're gonna lose Methuselah too. You cast your miracle, and the glow of the Scion Moth appears not only at Methuselah, but around the bed that Methuselah is lying on. You have another trance. The dim light of Methuselah is slowly dwindling. You're not again in that dark environment that you were before, but instead you are in an almost dimmer environment of the location that you're in. Seeing the light within Seeker, Erky, and the dim one in Methuselah that is slowly shrinking. But then a glint of light, a 
appears from the window. It's almost as if the last ray of sunlight of the sunset hits against your eyes and the same dwindling glow that you see inside Methuselah is around the statue, slowly shrinking as well. And then your vision comes back. As soon as you come back, you hear very faintly, um, Multis, Multis. Methuselah, what, what, what is it? I, what is it? What, what, tell me, what, what can I do? When you get closer to Methuselah, their eyes have hollowed out so much that they can't even really cry tears anymore. How did you get over her death? How did you even find hope to move on? He stares for a moment in the look of awe, and then he swallows. I never did. And I think, I think that's the key. Grief is not about forgetting. It's about accepting. It was hard to know that she was gone, but I knew that she would always live on in me, that she would be proud to see me go on. And though I missed her dearly, and I would, I would give anything to spend just one more day with her, I know that by pushing on and by thinking of her, I keep her memory alive. And in that way, she's never really gone. You see, with, you know, your words, it somewhat reaches Methuselah, but it isn't enough. And nothing really changes. The flowers don't sprout. They're trying, but there isn't light anymore. The lanterns have gone out. Methuselah, lose two points of constitution. Outside, Flower has gone, Okay, you know what? I am robbing you! And he pulls out a dagger, Take me to your records right now! I want to see all of them! Starting to cry, the guy brings you towards that area. Erky then turns to Mortis. There has to be some sort of cleric here. Some sort of cleric powerful enough to... It's a big town. It's like a... It's almost a town. So, we can... I'm gonna go outside. And then he just darts out of the room. Mortis glances over at Seeker. I... I saw it when I used my spell. I, I, it's the statue. Methuselah's connected to the statue. As, as his life is fading away, it's, it's connected to her. Okay, so I kind of understand with the tree and Faith and Sir Bradford, but a statue ain't a living thing, Mortis. It ain't a living thing. I know, I know it's not, but that's, that's what I saw. That's, I don't know what to do. I... Damn it. We have to save them. We can't, Mortis. We made it through that god-awful place, and none of us, none of us died. Okay, I know I, know I came close a couple of times, but none of us died. And, and now we seem to just be losing people now that we've left. And I, I'm scared that if, I, if we lose Methuselah, when, when will I lose you and Flower? Mortis's face quivers for a moment as he takes in Seeker's words, and then he just stands up. It's the statue. It has to be the statue. And then he just marches out of the room. M Mortis, come, come back! If, if you're gonna leave, you're not, you're not leaving Methuselah here. Watch him. What, what else am I supposed to do, Mortis? As I'm left alone with Seeker, this is very, very weakly gonna say. Seeker, are, are you still there? I'm right here, Methuselah. I'm, I ain't leaving your side. I, I, I need you to take care of Yorick. Feste left Yorick to me. He said that nothing should happen to Yorick. Yorick is very important. Yorick was a good friend. Yorick's memory can't ever go away. Please make sure that Yorick is safe. 
I'll, I'll, I'll make sure your work is safe, but I want to make sure that you're safe too. Then you can take my songs, and you can burn them. I don't need them anymore. I couldn't do that. You have Chrysantha's song, and Faith's song, and our song. All of us. How could I ever play those again? I don't think I ever could. Even if they're never played again, they're a part of history now. I don't know if I'm really worth being a part of history. The rain has ceased, and you and Erky are just stepping outside. You approaching the statue, and Erky lost, not knowing where to go. He is looking everywhere to see if there would be an indication of a temple or something to go on his, at this point, mad search for some sort of savior. You guys noticed the oddest of views. People from pretty much almost every building step out. They are bringing with them their families, whoever is inside of their households, usually small kids or the younger people, are bringing out lanterns. Lanterns to light up and put it on its hooks standing just outside the doors. You recognize the lanterns. These are just like the make and design of Lutzer's lantern that is currently at your belt. Erky then closes to you, go, what's going on? Why are they lighting up lanterns in here? Mortis takes a second, looks at the lanterns and connects the dot. I don't know, but it's the only hope we have. And he takes the lantern off of his belt and lights it. You light up the lantern, and very close to you, you feel a connection. Then approaches another half lane, not the same one from the big house, but almost like a child. Are you putting up a lantern too? Are you following Lutzir's light too? Well, uh, I'm trying, I suppose. I, I'm trying to help a friend, and I was I thought maybe Luxair could help guide me. Well, you're just like the warrior flowers then. She lit up a candle on a lantern like this every night she was here. She was always waiting for someone to help. And I, according to my mom, she was always waiting for her love too. Mortis kneels down next to the child. D tell me, um, wh what do you know of this flower warrior? My mom usually tells me at night the reason why we light like a candle inside of these lanterns is to respect her wishes. She protected this town after she got better, but she protected this town because she knew that her love would come back at some point. It was a musician very good and very talented bard of sorts. She always waited for him every night with a light. And ever since she went away, we have lit up too. And it's been a tradition. That's why the name of the, our village is called Bard's Beacon. And then you hear uh, from the distance, Come on, move along. We have to light our candles too. And it's a mother that is ushering the kid to come. Okay, mom. He runs back. Erky stays quiet beside you. Does Methuselah knows this? I... I don't know, but there's something here. I can feel it. I just... I don't know. There has to be a way. There has to. Let's tell Methuselah this. He must know. Her love is not gone. Even though she is, I still light her candles. Just like she did, because she never lost hope to see her love. 
Mortis just nods and starts hurriedly making his way back to the room where Methuselah is. At this point, Thorn has gotten frustrated and grabs a random pile of papers and is, goes back to the room with papers trailing behind him, dagger in his mouth. If he doesn't care where the halfling is, he breaks into the room and throws the papers everywhere and starts rummaging through them. He spits the dagger out. There's got to be something in here. Uh, uh, just one second, I'll find something. Methuselah, lose two points of constitution. No! Methuselah looks pretty dead. There's like a slight glint in their eyes that's still there, slightly, and it's very foggy, and that's just the only thing that you can really tell that Methuselah is still alive. Mortis, you barge into this room with Uriki at your heels. Mortis walks over to the bed, and he places the lantern next to Methuselah, and he just stands over them. Methuselah, there's, there's something you need to know, something important. This place, it's... She was here, and she started a tradition where people would light lanterns, and they would wait for her love to return. She never stopped waiting for you. She got better. It's... It's not your fault. You you weren't too late. It's not your fault. You have to know that. You have to. What did you do you mean? She, she got better. Mefuzlan. One point of constitution is brought back to you. What? Oh, 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 oh. If what Mortis is saying is true, that means that Chrysantha's love is still here. People are, are still lighting the lanterns. They're, her love built this place. It's because she knew that one day you'd come back and, and you two would be together. You you didn't fail. You you fulfilled your promise after all. You came back. Methuselah, two points of constitution are brought back to you. Methuselah starts to look less undead, obviously, and sit up and their body weirdly creaks like a tree. I, I need I need to see. I need to see this light. Mortis picks up the lantern, reattaches it to his belt, and then he gently picks up Methuselah. Stepping outside, you guys get to see a beautiful scenery as the sunlight has extinguished in the horizon. But now the entire street is lit up by candlelight and beautifully Lutzair lanterns everywhere, ending only with the one lantern being held by the statue or lit up last as the community gathers around the statue to lit it up. Methuselah, all your constitution is returned. I lived a bitch. Methuselah, upon seeing all these beautiful lights that were lit up for him, never really had anything for him ever that just stirs that sense of love that he once you know felt for chrysantha when she was alive and just the the life comes back into methuselah and their skin loosens up it's not so taunt the chrysanthemums in their hair start to perk up again and regrow and the darkness leaves methuselah's eyes and the mage hands with a sparkling light flicker on like the tongue of a candle and methuselah definitely looks strong enough to put down now as they're still taking in all of this and yeah the guilt and everything just leaves them completely mortis gives methuselah a really warm smile you're all right. You're all right. 
and then he gently places them back on their feet. Flower is gonna take Methuselah's coat and give it a tug, and he points to the statue and goes, "Play her song. She needs to hear her song." Please, Methuselah. We've we've had a we've had a time. I, I could go for hearing Chrysantha's song. Kind of put Yorick off. So I imagine that Methuselah doesn't really even say anything. Methuselah just literally runs back into the house to get Yorick. You turn around. See Erky. Aww. Holding. Erky, my man! Your instrument, the beloved Yorick, and extends it to you with a warm smile as well. Methuselah takes Yorick back, and it feels like home in a way. Like a piece of them is finally, you know, back together. And now I, I feel like even more chrysanthemums start to bloom in their hair. And, and they say, I know that her love will never leave me, and this pain will never really go away. Like you said, Mortis. I think you're right about that. But I'm happy now that now I'm not alone. I have all of you, and I know that Chrysantha would be proud of me. Uh, this magpie has found its bravery, let's say, and I, I just want to thank you all for being such amazing friends. I don't think that I would have been able to face this without all of you. You are all heroes to me, the greatest heroes I've ever met. Seeker's gonna turn to Methuselah and smile and you remain my hero as well Methuselah without saying anything Mortis takes the lantern off his belt and holds it up she guided you to us and she helped to guide us back to her yeah so I think in this moment Methuselah is going to just start playing Chrysantha's song and it's just as triumphant and defiant but now all of you know what the defiance was against. Defiance against death, defiance against grief, defiance against those that would hurt the innocent. And Methuselah follows the lights to the statue and plays before their love. In the end, all of you guys spend your time together basking in the beautiful music of Crescent's song. It's now the entire town that is present listens as well listening about a tale of adventure, a tale of bravery, and above all, the tale of love that now you all share. And that is the end of the Sullen Citadel. of this episode of the sunless citadel thank you so much for listening subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts and be sure to catch the next installment of the sunless citadel every thursday at 12 p.m est if you like the show please consider leaving a review it's a small way to show your support that goes a long way to connect with us follow our social media accounts And if you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon to join the conversation, view sneak peeks of our next project, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Horden from Off the Beaten Path Musical. The Sunless Citadel can be found in Tales from the Yawning Portal by Wizards of the Coast, and the world of Nosamundos was created by Pedro Stockler. 
Thanks again for listening from all of us at the Storyteller's Tavern. Now take this bardic inspiration for your next adventure. <laughs>